Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of a modern visual culture. I'm your friendly neighborhood arbiter of heaven and hell, Soup. <laughs> Can I be the Sunsun arbiter? <laughs> uh, okay, sure. Are, are you the arbiter of what is a soon and what is also soon? Yes. Okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, you're the friendly one, so there has to be like a, a contrast, right? Oh, you know? okay. I, I see. I see. Yeah, this week, that stands for Afterlife Trial, because we'll be talking about Death Parade. But before we get into that, what have you been up to? Me? Oh my god. So the past, like, month or so, I've been up to nothing. Okay. And then finally, in the past two weeks, it's been everything. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So the first thing, which uh, we talked about last time that we were going to talk about, was I went to go see Captain Marvel. Nice. I also went to see Captain Marvel. Okay, good. What did you think about it? Uh, I thought it was solidly okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought that it seems... was it was good, but I just yeah. like yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. G- just continue. We'll we'll, we'll no, talk no, about no. it a little uh, bit. Yeah, yeah, we could talk about it. Uh, that seems to be the general impression, right? And I think that's kind of how I felt too. Was like there were some like really good moments of like yeah, femalehood <laughs> and, and such. Uh huh. But um. Like, it it didn't, like, for me, do anything super different from the usual action superhero movie, which I think is actually good in this case, because I think it just kind of, like, it didn't, it, it needed to not be bad, right? But I don't, I right. think we need, like, more movies like this with, where, you, where, you know, it has the, it's, it's about the female protagonist, you know, she's becoming a superhero, whatever, and it's not, like, anything... What am I? What am I trying to say? Like women, it, I, women I'm, also deserve mediocre superhero movies. That's what yeah, you're trying to yeah, say. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> I think I think I would actually tend to agree there. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're right though. The bar was so sort of low that it just needed to not be bad, which is why Wonder Woman was so good because it just wasn't bad. <laughs> which I I I I, I, I kind of want to watch Wonder Woman to be able to more better articulate the differences or whatever because it seemed like wonder woman had a much better reception compared to this movie and i'm not sure why because you know i haven't watched it Mm, Um, mm -hmm. but i do have friends who like were also kind of disappointed by wonder woman and then watching this they were basically like i mean both were like okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) like what what i would say is that at least for wonder woman it was much more refreshing of a story because it's naturally not going to follow the like Marvel superhero format. So right. as, as a result, you know, even though it, it's nice and refreshing that we get like, oh, we get our, our female superhero. She's really strong and cool. Right. Well, right. I mean, yeah, but like it's also pretty much the same as every other Marvel movie that exists. So we have all, we have still seen it before. And, yeah, it, you know, with with the DC stuff, we're not quite as played out on that yet because, mm. you know, it's we're a little bit far out from like Batman. So, right, right. That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah, I think for in terms of like fitting Captain Marvel into the universe and what exists in terms of Marvel cinema already, it fits in nicely because it is just like a lot of the other movies, but it tells, mm-hmm. you know, Captain Marvel's unique story. Um, but it does follow the same kind of like themes i guess or the the same general feel i guess yeah uh, yeah I, I, you know what i would i would say honestly like if i was going to place this movie at any mm. point in like what order you should watch marvel movies in i would probably watch this like immediately after 
uh, Captain America. Like, I would honestly put this about, like, I would just watch them chronologically in terms of, like, in-game storyline. But, like, because the thing that was kind of eh about this movie to me, I think, was because I was not expecting it to be set up and progressing the way it was. I thought it was going to be, like, oh, now now she's Captain Marvel in the future. No, it was just, like, it was just the background story. And I, I didn't realize that that was going to be the movie and mm. I, because I had no expectations going, I was like, okay, I'll just go right, see right. The, the cool new Marvel movie. Right. And I spent the whole time wondering, so is this like going to be the whole movie? And then mm. like halfway to like three fourths of the way through, I was like, okay, yeah, this is the whole movie. Now I can enjoy it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Cause I also went in with zero expectations and I didn't know what they were going to portray about Captain Marvel. And I did assume that, you know, at some point she's going to be, you know, the iconic look of Captain Marvel. Uh, but yeah, I was a little surprised that it was like all about just her origin story. And it only at the end does it culminate into, ah, so this is how she becomes Captain Marvel. Um, I don't think yeah, it was a necessarily yeah. bad approach to it. No, no. Um, it was just like a little bit like, oh, OK, so this is what it's going to be. Yeah, it's just it's not bad. It's just very run of the mill you know it feels like every other mm. marvel movie and yeah i mean I, I i wouldn't say that that's honest like that's not a bad thing no i mean if you like marvel movies then you'll like this yeah i mean i know a lot of people who will who will very much like this movie and yeah. i'm sure have already watched and enjoyed this movie mm-hmm. and it does a couple of things like really well that i th- i think we're like oh that's that's cool because i i don't know anything about captain marvel because i don't read comic books really so mm. going into it, I was like wondering mm. like, mm, uh, mm. and then like it actually <laughs> sort of addressed the things that it was like mm, about. And I was like, OK, all right. Yeah, I can I can see it. I, I'm, I, I can get into this. And okay. there were a couple of moments where I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Like, um, so, yeah, hmm. give me an example. Well, uh, well, OK, no, so minor like spoiler the, territory, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, no, heavy spoiler territory. <laughs> Just like the last, the last like moment where she blasts that dude that was like her Bro, trainer or yes. whatever, where he's just like, "You have to stop being emotional," and she's like, "Fuck you," right? Yeah. I think yeah. that 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 moment when she's just like, you know, "Fuck all this noise," was was great. I think that whole sequence was great. Yeah, no, when she was basically like, "I don't have to prove anything to you," I was like, "Bro," right. I was this like, "Yeah," to every generation of woman ever. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's that's uh, yeah, that's that, that's that what I the, wanted. The moment, yeah. I, and I could tell they were setting that up immediately because they were just like, you have to stop being emotional. I'm like, mm, yeah, there it is. That's it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm glad that even if it proceeded somewhat predictably, uh, I'm, I'm kind of OK with the way that it played out. I honestly wasn't expecting them to just like pull the like turn around. Where it's like, oh, by the way, we're actually just space fascists. I was like, oh, you actually are going to talk about that. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, hmm, I see. You're actually going to address this all. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I appreciated that. And it wasn't like, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bad. So, um, mm. that's, that's cool. I guess. I don't know. It, I don't think it was like particularly good, but it wasn't bad. No, I think it. And it then the movie overall, I think was like solidly good. Yeah. I think it would cater toward people who like the whole flip of like, oh, the weird alien looking people are actually the good guys, you know, in the whole, you know, they're portrayed as bad guys this whole time, but actually they're good. And, you know, they have a society and a culture and they're just trying to get by. Um, I think it caters to people who like that kind of twist. Uh, I 
For me, the most compelling characters were the best friend and the daughter. Like, they were the most interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, um, I, this is this is a problem that I think a lot of Marvel movies have, honestly. Mm, where yeah, they have, I, it, they have yeah. really interesting side characters that don't get foregrounded. Exactly, exactly. And I was thinking, I was just like, why is this the case? And then I was like, oh, but it usually is the case with these movies. Yes, and yeah. I think maybe I mean, that's... It's, it, it also sort of coincides with this like unfortunate um, trend of always casting like white people in the leading roles, and then like the people of color are always the supporting characters that are usually much more interesting. Mm. So, in, in in some respects, it's kind of like, well, maybe someday we can have a movie where we don't need that you know, white person in the lead, and we can just have the interesting movie about the interesting character. But you know, that's. That's a that's a discussion for a, a sort of a deeper dive into the into the movie. Mm. Yeah, I like yeah. I like the setup of like, well, it's, it's Captain Marvel. She's she's uh, like, what is it like eighties, nineties, nineties? I think, and she's super strong. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm into it. I yeah. I really <laughs> I kind of really enjoyed all the like tongue in cheek, winky face like. Uh, throwbacks to the 90s it's like look samuel l jackson has hair and he oh yeah they were really in your face about how 90s it was <laughs> yeah and then they're like oh by the way here's all blockbuster i was like okay all right yeah. and then okay. right after that they show a radio shack i was like man they're going all in <laughs> but it's like okay i see what you're doing that's cute that's cute yeah i i, I actually i really enjoyed the like setup to um the other Marvel movies where it's just like, oh, this is like the this is like, uh, you know, Nick Fury coming up with the Avengers initiative. I, I also like that his eye patch was like not a big deal. Like they just kind of played it off as a joke because I, I almost feel like it would be worse if it was like a really serious like, oh, I lost this in the war or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love right? that it was because of the cat thing. It was that just wasn't the, a it cat was just thing. The cat. And then it wasn't a cat. I love that, too. That was funny. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that a lot of what it does is is cute. And even if it's not particularly like amazing, it, it is valuable in its existence. And I thought it was yeah. a solidly good movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was also more interested in all the all the side characters, but, you know. Yeah, me too. But it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm really just like I watched it and I was like, oh, that was a, like a fun kind of like almost like a buddy cop sort of uh, a, a sort of movie. Yeah, like her and Samuel L. Jackson just kind of like doing their buddy yeah. cop routine I, thing. That was fine. <laughs> I will say, I think one of my favorite things, honestly, was the sort of like uh, faithfulness to the 90s era in in approaching um, the like government space program stuff, right? I, I think mm. that's always really interesting. Uh, that's an aesthetic that I think is really interesting. And mm. It reminded me a lot of Men in Black, which is funny. Yes, it did. Yeah. I kind of I kind of almost wish we had more of that and less of the like, oh, by the way, also like everything here is is from aliens. It's like, well, yeah, okay. But what if people invented cool things? I mean, that's a minor <laughs> gripe. I don't I don't really care that much about it. But yeah, if if there was a little bit more of that, I would be like, oh, this is this is kind of neat because I I think that's that's a lot of what Marvel is about. It's like, oh yeah, this is like where the the people have like their cool secret technology, right? Because that's what Black Panther was about, and yeah, Captain America too, right? So yeah, I think it, no, no, the movie fair. had a lot of potential. Mm -hmm. I think so too. I for me, I would have liked 
for it to play up a bit more of the like cultural differences between the Kree and the and Earth, right? Um, yeah, I think they did. They did fine in terms of like she's just fine with walking around in her full armor or whatever, and uh, you know hijacking communication devices and souping them up, you know that kind of thing. Right. Um, but I would have liked to see a bit more, like a little more dimensions to it, kind of thing. Because then right after that, she kind of sinks into being human, which makes sense because she does have memories from Earth. You know, she's from Earth, but I would have liked to see a little bit more roundedness, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, I think also I would have liked to see, because I think a lot of the people who like feel ostracized about this movie, about like, oh, the white man, um, uh, some of that has to do with potentially because all of her past traumas or her past negative experiences were all experienced like in relation to like white dudes, right? Whenever like her dad was a scummy white guy, mm -hmm. her, you know, her army mates were also really, you know, misogynistic, like, like terrible white dudes. I would have liked to see like less of a categorical like denouncement of like, because obviously not all white dudes are like that, but I would have liked to see like a bit of like, you know, oh, there is like someone in her past that was a white dude and was okay, right? Instead of like a a huge generalization of you know, yeah, <laughs> of that, eh. like like just a bit more nuanced discussion is all. But I also understand why they did that, you know, obviously because you know, male white power. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would honestly yeah. just I'm I'm kind of just fine with the way it is. It's okay because like it's not. I don't think it's, like, really aiming for any kind of real moral complexity. Mm, okay. Because I, I think it's just sort of like, well, I mean, this is just, like, how it was in the 90s, which is oh, true. Oh, no, yeah, no, it, it's super true, yeah, and that's why I didn't have a problem with the examples that they gave, but I would have liked to see a bit more nuance, but I also understand, like, it's a it's a generalized, like, simplification of, of what was going on in that time and, and what was happening with her, so... Yeah. I think that was just like a little bit. It's not a huge point, but it was just like a little. Oh, I could have kind of would have liked to see that, but it's fine. I th I think also like the attention of the movie gets split a little bit, um, mm. which I mean a lot of bit because it's basically like Captain Marvel and Nick Fury get to share a movie, and it's just like ah, uh, uh, I I kind of would have been fine with just like a like a Nick Fury movie, but yeah, I mean I'm glad that Captain Marvel is still like technically the main character of this. It is a bit of origin story for the both of them. Um, right, because it's like, it, it's cool that it's mm. like, well, she's the reason that the Avengers exist. That's that's mm. neat. And then, uh, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, well, this movie was, was co-starring, like, Brie mm. Larson and Samuel L. Jackson. Because we, it, it almost feels like all the Nick Fury stuff kind of gets shoved in afterwards. That's a good point. I guess... In that case, like, even though I liked the Nick Fury stuff, I kind of would have liked to see him have less of a role because then that would have given uh, Captain Marvel more time for her character to, like, to, to more, like, develop. Because for me, it, I think they could have done more with, like, showing her character development. Like, mm -hmm. not that what they did was bad because what they did was fine, but I kind of, like, it would have given her more time to do so as yeah. opposed to sharing the screen time. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. It it does like I did like how they wrapped it up in the in the like the end scene where she kind of just pops up. <laughs> I I do think that some of the other stuff was uh some of the stuff they did in the movie is act is is pretty cool. Like they did some of the 
uh, a chronological storytelling where they have like, oh, this is the memory. And then like they alter it because it's like she's a person, but she's also uh, got like the implanted alien memories. And I thought that was cool. Like, mm. I, I like the way that the, the scene kept changing every time she looked at it. And you're like, yeah, Ooh, what's no, happening? Yeah, you're right. I did really, really like that sequence because they were like, you know, focus on this. And then they, they keep like playing back the memory until she focuses on it. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought those mm -hmm. sequences were, were maybe probably the highlight of the movie. I think those are the coolest yeah. ones. And when she was busting out with the giant things on her hands. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I well, think it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> A solidly okay movie. Yeah. yeah, solidly okay to good, I would say. Yeah, um, I went with uh, a bunch of my lady coworkers, and they really liked it, so I was like, cool. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, so what else have you been up to? Uh, so I also finished Kingdom Hearts 3. Okay. <laughs> Overall, I would say it was, it was a good game. I enjoyed most of it. Mm -hmm. It also, like... The problem that I had with it and why I have like slightly mixed feelings about it is because despite the fact that there were way more positive things than there were negative things in terms of like the, the gameplay experience and, uh, you know, overall impressions of it, um, some of like the the high points of the game, like the super high points where I was getting really excited and like so into the game, I was like, yes, yes, this is what this is. This is the this is it, you know? were swiftly followed by like the worst moments of the entire game for me. Oh, it was boy. like like kind of like building up to like a like a like a mountain, right? You're climbing up the mountain, you're like, "Yeah, this is awesome." And you get to the top and you're like, "Oh my god, the view is amazing. I'm so glad that I climbed this mountain." And then someone behind you shoves you off and then you plummet. <laughs> oh, wow. And so like 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 Last time I gave the example of like the pirates world, right? Where, uh -huh, you know, that, like, yeah. I was getting so excited and then suddenly crabs. The ending of the game was like that for me where uh, I'll, I'll announce when I get into like the spoiler, but like basically the entire boss sequence, right, was so fun. I was like, oh my gosh, this battle is really cool. And they were giving like throwbacks to like the previous games. Like if you as a player played from the first game, like Kingdom Hearts 1, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, and then played up until now, like at least one and two. Like, they give you such good feeling throwbacks to those games. I'm like, oh, my God, yes, this is so good. And then they had, like, you know, the friendship feels with Donald and Goofy. And then they bring in all the other characters. And, like, it's a really good sequence for me. And then they get to the ending sequence, you know, the cutscenes, And I'm like, oh, this is so great. You get to see everyone. And they're all, like, you know, getting along. And it's a beautiful moment. And then the very last second. <laughs> okay legitimately the last second of the ending <laughs> was like i understand i understand because kingdom hearts needs to continue right oh no because they uh, that was my that games. was my question is like is it over it's not over <laughs> oh my god it's not over the only part that is over is the whole Xehanort arc. So huh? that they're that done with the, that bad I thought, guy. I thought that was the whole thing. No, it's not the whole thing. Oh, God. <laughs> so 
the impression that you would get from this game is like ah because the whole like like Sora and Riku and Kairi arc right like you feel like that this would be the end of their story and that maybe they would move on to to other characters right because it almost feels like they they they're getting tired of writing for them uh-huh. is is the impression that that I almost got from this game it's just like oh Sora lost his powers again we gotta freaking go get him again like it felt like they were gonna just be done with it right but the way that they ended it at the very very last second I was screaming soup I was like just stop <laughs> oh there's a clip God. of me on Twitch where I am raging <laughs> And I, I, and of course, like the entire game, they're referring to this innocuous black box and Maleficent and Pete are trying to find this black box, even though they explicitly say that they don't know what's in this box. They just know that they need to find it. (laughs) And throughout the game, they keep like shoehorning in these cutscenes that like also end very abruptly right where they're looking for this box and then it isn't until like this epilogue scene which i think i heard that wasn't it wasn't even added until like it was like a patch or something like they patched it in huh but it was an epilogue scene where they address this black box and then they show it and then that's it. <laughs> oh, i see. so basically what what's inside the box is kingdom hearts 4. <laughs> They open it up and it's just it's the it's the goddamn uh, game card. It's like, oh look, it's Kingdom Hearts Four. I guess we should load this up. Oh, that would have been so good. No, what they did was uh, the epilogue. I guess ties into uh, the previous games and basically the entire like Keyblade War thing. <sighs> key, um, key, Keyblade War. Yeah, there's there was a Keyblade War in the prequel, whatever, and okay, you know, yeah. So it ties into those characters and whatnot, and I don't know. I was so I just wanted this whole thing to be over, but of course it can't be because I guess the future Kingdom Hearts games will also still have st- still star Sora and Riku in some way, which <sighs> I think it's tired, Soup. I think it's tired. I love those characters, but I think it's tired. <laughs> It, yeah, that's something. Yeah, um, I think it's fine if they're gonna be in the future games, but I would have liked actually liked to see them in reduced roles, kind of like oh, they're still there doing awesome Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Keyblade, whatever things. But I, I think the the series really needs a fresh start, and I thought that I thought that this, <laughs> I thought this I- was gonna end it so that they could have one. See, the the thing is, I feel like it wouldn't really be that hard to just sort of end it and then start a new one. Because... Yeah. Yeah. It's... You have so much to draw upon. I know. And it it seems weird to me that after it took, like, like what, like 15 years to get Kingdom Hearts 3 or whatever, that you wouldn't want to start that again. Yeah. I feel like I feel like it's just, like, Shouldn't it just, I don't know, be be over and like, like all of it? Can, no, no, they can can't because Kingdom Hearts wake, makes way too much money. But well, yeah, but they can make a they can make like a new generation of Kingdom <laughs> exactly. Hearts games. That's what I want. I wanted a new generation. 
right? And maybe they will in the next games, but the way that it's set up and the way that they have like the secret ending or whatever, like if you get all of these like hidden lucky emblems throughout the game, which oh, you legitimately if you get, if you get need like a all guide the for. Yeah, you have to get a guide for these emblems because there's virtually no way. Like, like some of these ones that I went and looked for were like in such obscure, tiny hidden locations in giant maps that you would drive yourself nuts trying to look for them without a guide. And so if you get all these lucky emblems, you get a secret cutscene, which, uh, you know, spoilers, I guess, shows Sora waking up in modern day shibuya and the way that they set up the sorry the the way that they set up the environment it looks like the shibuya from the world ends with you okay all right (laughs) sure so i thought you i I thought you were gonna say like the real ass shibuya the real shibuya i was like no 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 is is this i'm getting like flashbacks (laughs) i'm getting flashbacks to near automata Or I guess it was. No. It's not. It's not on Yaratamada. It's the other Nier yeah. games. But like, oh, yeah, 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 Yoko Taro, are you what? here? <laughs> and suddenly, Two B shows up, and you're like, ah! I might actually start playing no. Kingdom Hearts if that was yeah. the case. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think the whole like the idea of a crossover between the games is is fine because you know the world ends with you was a fine game. But yeah, it. Yeah, it just kind of pissed me off a lot because the whole game, you're like, oh my god, the kids are together, and then and then they throw in the whole, Kyrie is, <sighs> again, spoilers for the end, but Kyrie got kidnapped again. She's separated from Sora again, and then you have to go oh. find her again because she mm. is the eternal damsel in distress in this game even though she finally has a keyblade and she's been training with it i was so excited because i was like oh my god maybe finally i get to play i get to play with sora riku and kairi together because they are finally all together and they all have keyblades but no so hang on on. (laughs) no you don't (laughs) what you're telling me is yeah that there is yeah another character (laughs) <laughs> that they could use for this game <laughs> that they're not going to use? Well, the only time that you get to party with her is you get to party with her and Axel during one boss fight towards the end. Oh, good. <laughs> Which so, is fine. Like, so, that, was, that was a good moment. But also, like, there was so much potential for you to have partied with these people way earlier in the game. Oh, my like, God. It would have been so cool if you could switch out party members or maybe like, like, I think it would have been awesome if, you know, because one and two, you're and on many of the other games, whenever you're playing as Sora, you're partied with Donald and Goofy, which is awesome because they're the bros. They're your triad, right? Your trio, I mean. And what would have been like, I think, emotionally moving is if, you know, something happens where you're separated from Donald and Goofy. And so instead... You get to explore the game with these other characters, but maybe there's a sense of like, oh man, it feel it doesn't feel right, right, without Donald and Goofy. And then it starts to culminate into a moment where you, Sora, get to go for your bros and like, I don't know, maybe that was like off-brand for Kingdom Hearts, which I get, but I think it would have been a really good opportunity in this game to help change things up from the usual formula because like I said, it felt tired. It felt See, like they were like done with the pretenses of of whatever, and they were just gonna roll with what it with what it is because it's formulaic. I feel like we're like veering dangerously into bleach territory, which is like 
I don't know how you can manage to do that in a world that's populated by every Disney story imaginable. I don't I don't I don't get it. Yeah, it felt very much like they wanted to play it safe. See, and by doing so, it, 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 it and it resulted in a 35 hour game that felt unfulfilling. This is this is why we like just need to outlaw sequels for like maybe 10 <laughs> or 20 years, because I feel like it's it's really not that hard to just start something else in a different world that is similar or in the same world, but later or where, mm. whatever. Right. Like, yeah, it's. Even Kingdom Hearts does this because they have like prequels and sequels and whatever equals, right? Yeah. And it's weird to me that they're like, hmm, better tell more stories about Sora. Uh, what? But why? Yeah. Can we yeah. can we be done with this? I, I, there's there's yeah. other, like God God knows like there's like fifteen Final Fantasies and they just make a new one every time mostly. <laughs> Sort of. Yeah, I mean, and again, I don't mean to lay into Kingdom Hearts 3 that badly. Like I said, it was an enjoyable experience. I think the potential that could have been there considering the long wait was enormous. And I think a lot of people overall kind of felt the sense of like disappointment after playing it because their expectations were so high. Um, There were people who legitimately enjoyed the game, like start to finish, like, loved every moment of it, and they're very excited for the next games, and I'm so happy for them, because this game was made for them. It wasn't specifically made for someone like me, who, like, sees, like, a lot of these missed opportunities, and kind of wanted a bit of a change-up kind of thing, but, um, I guess, like, kind of the setup that they gave for the next game is that they'll be able to kind of change it up, but Again, it's a whole lot of like Sora, Riku, and Kairi being separated again, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yep. It's very, very tiresome. <laughs> See, it kind of reminds me of like in 2011, there was an adaptation of The Three Musketeers, which ends mm-hmm. on a scene that heavily implies a sequel, and there never was one. <laughs> Like one one of the characters, I think one of the antagonists gets like disgraced or whatever, and she's like chased yeah. out of the court. I don't actually remember yeah. it's because it's been I I don't know eight years since I've seen it, but yeah. then she's like I will have my revenge, and then like comes in with a fleet of airships, and then the movie just ends, and you're like, uh, yeah. oh, that was that wow. was the end of the movie, and then okay. you're like, well, I, I guess when does the sequel come out? It's it's not, it doesn't exist. It's never going to exist. <laughs> So maybe I, they had plans for it and then it just they didn't oh, I'm, get approved. I'm sure they did. Right. But yeah. it's just like I'm done with sequels. Like, honestly, mm. even and and like I, I swear, I don't know why, but it feels like there's every opportunity for people to do sequels well and they don't. And yeah. I don't know if that's like, well, I'm going to have to assume that it's like financial pressure because that makes sense. And yeah. Because uh, it frustrates me because, like, yeah, it's it's possible to do sequels well. In fact, it's possible to do sequels really well. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, uh, especially like game franchises, like it is every opportunity for you to just improve on what the last one was and make it better. Because I think that Ace Attorney is a pretty good example of this until recently where hmm. they... I mean, the first sequel was eh, but the the third game was awesome in that series. And then the Apollo Justice game that came out as like the the mainline 
series game that was like next in line was awesome mm. it was mm. legit it's legitimately like the best game in the franchise and then mm. they come out with more sequels and then suddenly uh it's not as good i mean mind you i still like it because i like ace attorney and i like those characters and the world and the game sure. mechanic but yeah i mean it's like you set up and this is me complaining a little bit about the ace attorney series hmm they set up Apollo Justice as the main character in the mm. game Apollo Justice. Mm. And then they don't use him as the main character. So they what? the whole game, the whole game uh is about Apollo Justice becoming like a new attorney. Like he's he's a okay. new attorney. He's like following the same arc as as Phoenix Wright except, yeah. you know, uh in this game Phoenix Wright is like a disgraced disbarred lawyer. And you have to figure out what happened. Oh. And it's like this whole like overarching mystery. And it's super cool and really well done and well put together. And then mm. the next game, Phoenix Wright is the main character again. And you're like, why? <laughs> right? It's like at, the, at that point, you've, you've sort of veered out of the territory of, of making legitimate sequels and into just making the same formulaic thing over and over again. It's like, mm. oh. Oh no! So they treated kind the whole Apollo Justice thing kind of like a like a side story almost. Or like it a, really like a... did because <laughs> it really feels like it was a side story because huh. God knows that it it's supposed to be a mainline game, but then the stuff that is in it is like really important and relevant to the story, but only because it's mm. like the pivotal crux of like the timeline and not because mm. it is the passing of the torch to Apollo, which the whole game foregrounds as like the the point. Okay. So wait, so it was a well-received game, right? Oh yeah, Apollo Justice was was great. It was like an, an incredible game. It was like a very good like passing of the torch story. And so, so that doesn't make any sense that they would re regress, right? Yeah, if they like backtracked well on pretty game. much everything that happened and it was like That's not in so a good weird. way. That's so weird. Cuz usually that would happen with something that was badly received. No, no, no. Huh. It's it's funny because in some respects Fire Emblem is, like, less guilty of doing this with mm. games like Awakening, where, like, Awakening happened and they're like, oh, this stuff is really well-received. And then they just did that stuff more to the point where it wasn't well-received, but that's just because, uh, I don't know, baby voids and... God, fuck that. Fuck that noise. Um, but <laughs> Baby voids. <laughs> I'll never be over how bad those were. Anyway. Um, but they they at least tried to double down on what they thought was popular about the game. And for right. the Ace Attorney series, it just feels like, well, I mean, let's just go back to Phoenix Wright doing stuff. Because, like, he's, like, the main character of the series, right? It's like, ah, ah, mm. is a topic I'm very passionate about. If I start talking about it, I'll talk about it forever. So I'm going to mm. just sort of, like, push that aside for now. That's interesting. Okay. I'm yeah. kind of done with sequels. for At least for a little bit. <laughs> You know, I think uh, I, I I agree that there's there's a whole lot of potential, and I, I think it is a shame that they regressed after actually doing good sequels. <laughs> I know. Um, ah, if if you're gonna if you're gonna decide to go that route, you might as well just end it. Just <laughs> put it out of its misery. Gonna, if you're gonna regress, and that's the only option for you, just end it. Which I know a lot of these companies can't. Maybe they got some pressure from above that was just like, I'm uh, sure they we did. Want go back to phoenix right though so just like enough with this apollo justice crap <laughs> yeah i mean if it feels like that's exactly what happened it's like mm. yeah 
Yeah, and so then they made some half-hearted Phoenix Wright ones instead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mind you, they were they were like okay to good games. I was just confused as to sure. why Apollo Justice is not, I don't know, the main character. Because, right. right. like, that's the point. <laughs> that was the point of his game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3, just fine. Um... Yeah, just a couple of things that I didn't like about it, but overall it was fine. I liked it. Uh, what else? I because the, I'm talking way too much about stuff I did. Really quickly, I went to a Muse concert. It was freaking fantastic. I love Muse to the depths of my soul. I feel like my heart melted a million times over. I'm still not fully over it. My body was so sore after the concert because I was jumping around so much. <laughs> wow. But uh. Yeah, it was a whole lot of fun. I loved it. Um, once in a lifetime experience, unless I get to see them again, in which case, you know, rare. <laughs> and um, yeah, I finished some anime. I finished Run with the Wind, which also made my heart melt into just a just an indiscernible puddle. I really love that anime. Such a good sword anime. Probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite. And um. I watched a Chinese donghua uh, called Mo Dao Zu Shi, which my friend recommended to me because she was like, oh, it's actually a really well-animated Chinese yaoi. And I was just like, Ex- mm. excuse me? Those two mm. words don't belong together as in Chinese and yaoi? <laughs> yeah. Because China does not do that, right? I mean, <laughs> and, generally speaking, no. Yeah, exactly. So I watched it and I was just like, I mean, I sense the tension, but this could also be misconstrued as like tension between rivals, not necessarily people who are interested in each other. So I was like, where's why did she say it was a yaoi? And so I decided out of curiosity to check out the novel that it's based on because uh, maybe there were discrepancies there. And that's where the yaoi is. (laughs) They, Ah. for the animation, removed any and all mention of homosexuality, which I was like, this is very China. This is the China that I know. Yeah, there you go. Which I'm actually really surprised that the novel was published in the first place, right? Because you know how they be. (laughs) Right. And... Uh, but yeah, the fact that this novel was then made into an animation is also additionally shocking and it makes sense that they would remove the homosexual references because, you know, people don't want to suddenly disappear the next day for making an animation. So yeah, um, I, I can recommend it because it is actually a really competent animation. The fight scenes are really pretty. Uh, it is like, you don't expect a Chinese quote-unquote anime to be any kind of decent quality because a lot of the ones that you and I have seen at least were like way out there and the pacing was so off and there are some pacing issues at least in the beginning and then they kind of iron themselves out later on it's it's a historical kind of ish Uh drama um which China is like has been doing for centuries so they're good at it <laughs> listen 14th, are, 14th century yeah all about that yeah. romance of the three kingdoms they love that exactly shit. exactly and it is around that era too the, this the story is placed around that era um do i took a class only- uh, and huh? we covered some of the stuff that happened in that era i learned about yeah. the battle of the red cliff there you go there you go <laughs> it's neat <laughs> yeah was- no they made an excellent movie a couple of years back about that and it's, cool. it's great yeah 
Um, now, now I understand yeah. that moment in Awakening where they run the ships, and I was like, ah, there you go. It's a reference. There you go. It is. Yes, they love referencing that. Um, yeah. So if you want something a little bit different from your typical run-of-the-mill anime, then this could be something to check out. Uh, like I said, they there's basically no references to homosexuality, which so the insulting okay. part of it. <laughs> so hang, hang on. Okay. I, okay. I, I had to look this up to like yeah. make sure, but yeah, I have uh, I have, I follow a couple of people who are really into this, and it okay. seems super gay. It is. It, no, it it is. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> but the thing is, is that what they did with the animation is that rather than having this character be referenced as like he's homosexual, right? They they have this character. The, re- the so they call him a lunatic in the anime because he he lost his mind due so to due to some circumstances in his past, mm-hmm. and this character instead of being homosexual they say that he's a lunatic, but also he's a pervert who lusts after anything that's beautiful, whether it's a plant, whether it's a human, whether it's an uh. animal. That's how they describe it, and I was just like, ah, so I see. <laughs> That's what you replace the homosexuality with. So, very Chinese, like I said. Yep, that's... Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you want more of a genuine experience to how the story originally was, you can check out the novel. It is translated on some fan sites. Uh, And, yeah. (laughs) yeah, Um, Also, just as a preface, the character names, very, very easy to confuse if you're not used to you know, watching something that's Chinese because everyone has the same surname and differences in surnames mean the the world in this particular series because it it has a lot to do with clans and families and stuff like that. So if you need to make note of it, do so. There's also like guides and stuff online that will do, like do a relationship really chart. Exactly. But if you if you just watch it like cold or whatever, it's fine. The beginning will feel like an info dump that they'll like explain later on. So if you can get your mind around the beginning, then all right, that's good. <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah, that's it. I've been talking so long. Oh my god, soup, stop me. <laughs> uh, okay, I will. Yeah. I will stop you. But first, yes. yes, I was gonna say that uh, at least sort of like Chinese independent creators do put out some gay stuff, especially web comic artists. Yes, I'm so happy for these people. That brave the waters, and they're like, you're not going to stop us from the gay. <laughs> there is, I don't think there's anything better than gay Chinese webtoons. <laughs> it's just, it's just something else. It's something else. Because, like, I feel like, I feel like the thing is that uh, Japanese webtoons read a lot like manga, and Korean mm. webtoons are, like, really dramatic and sometimes very, very horny. <laughs> like, a lot of them are just straight up smut. Or, like, literal just, like, porn. And then, like, Chinese webtoons, I feel like I read a lot of gay ones. But, yeah. There's a lot of repression there, you know? So they have to express it. It has to, it has to leak out somewhere onto the internet. <laughs> Very strongly. Well, I had, um, I had spring break, which was uh, pretty fun. I, I just yeah. I did a lot of hanging out and cooking yeah. and, and stuff. It's good. Stiff. I started playing Minecraft again for some godforsaken reason, and that was... (laughs) Boy, I lost so much time to Minecraft. I swear to God, I started playing, and then, like, I woke up, like, eight hours later, and I was like, oh my Mm. god, I'm still playing. 
Bro, I I recently started playing Don't Starve Again because I want to actually beat the game or get to like the quote unquote ending or epilogue or whatever. Yeah. And man, it's been a trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, I will say like Minecraft is is pretty much as I remember it. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm playing a modded version, mind you, but Okay. Yeah, still, still lots of lots of fun playing with a bunch of people because you you all just kind of pile your resources together, and that means I don't have to ever that's go good. mining, oh, that's which I good. think is really funny. Yeah, you don't have to mine in your Minecraft. You no, just I just I just I just craft. <laughs> it's it's super fun. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, I'm not. I haven't really been up to that much to be honest. I've done a lot of like lazing around. Like I oh, I slept for like 15 hours the first day I I was able to, and then yeah. like. Last night, I think I legitimately slept for like, um, okay, six, and then uh, <laughs> do some maths here. <laughs> I, I I literally have to do some maths. I think I legitimately slept for um anywhere from sixteen to twenty hours. Oh my! Because I was God. just I was just tired, man. Uh, you you accrued a lot of sleep debt over your I, semester. Your I quarter. really have, and then like I I got up and I was like, okay, I, I gotta watch Death Parade because I have. <laughs> funnily enough, I have not been able to watch it until like right you now. It's spring break. <laughs> I've been busy. E. I've been busy, but yeah, I watched e- episodes from the OVA all the way to the final episode Holy today. Holy bejesus! So man, you, you really sank into it. I'm really cutting. I'm really cutting it close, but it's okay because the show was really engaging. So uh, oh good, I'm glad so you it enjoyed was, it. It was fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good enough segue. I feel like to to yeah. sort of get into it. Let's talk about. Let's, let's talk about Death Parade. Yes. <laughs> So Death Parade is a 2015 anime written, created, and directed by Yuzuru Tachikawa under Studio Madhouse. Tachikawa yeah. is notable for his directorial work on both seasons of Mob Psycho, which is really I didn't really know he did good. Mob Psycho. He did, yeah, he does Mob Psycho. It's so good. He's so That's, good. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can you can see it in Death Parade. Death Parade is is awesome. But yeah, oh, yeah. it is originally based on a short film called Death Billiards, created for the yes. Young Animator Training Project's Anime Mirai 2013. So this is, I mean, thank thank the Japanese government for this one. That's where the money came from. <laughs> I, I rarely thank the Japanese government for anything, but I guess thanks for Death Parade. Thanks for Death Parade, Japanese government. <laughs> Boy, that, that, that phrase is contentious. Feels feels weird, man. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I wouldn't want to take that anywhere else in history and say it. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So, Death Parade is a show about purgatory where souls yes. are sent to be judged, um, and then they either go to heaven or hell, and they're judged by arbiters, which are like people like puppets, and they oversee stress games. Yes. <laughs> stress games is a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, they do stress games and then and then they go to heaven or hell and it's uh it's pretty cool. Yeah, they explore a lot of different themes and a lot of different like areas of the human psyche which I can appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. the opening is by Bradio oh. and she has <laughs> So good. Oh my the opening oh is the first thing that anyone God. ever notices about this show. And yes. like there's a good reason for that. Yes. Because it's awesome. 
It's awesome. If you, I, I've fortunately gotten the chance to see them in concert. Um, if you ever get the chance to do so, they put on an amazing show. Oh my god! <laughs> I bet they do. Yeah, they have a really great energy to them. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, it it sounds like a Bradio song, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's all I need to tell you about it. If you know what that sounds like, you know. You know. You know, and if you don't know, then... You will. By all means, check it out. Yeah. You will know. Yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the very least, Google the YouTube, the freaking opening. You and should, see if you should definitely get, uh, watch the opening, uh, if yeah. nothing else, because... If nothing will, else, yeah. One, give you like a wildly inappropriate vision of what this anime <laughs> is, and two, it's just a good old time. It is a good time. <laughs> I love how deeply it contrasts with the show i, I honestly it's kind of think like they need it <laughs> well i was gonna say i honestly think that's fine because everything else yeah. about the show is like it's like really heavy and can get really dark yes. and then the opening cuts in yes. and you're like i'm having a great time i said like, oh <laughs> there's light in this world <laughs> yeah so the animation is is by uh studio madhouse and it mm. it's so good it's really good it's so good <laughs> it's better in a short film but that's because the nature of the short film is like it's not a televised animation and yeah they can spend a lot of time on very little um actual animation yes but it's still really good and a lot of the energy that is in the OVA carry over into the show in like a really mm. good way mhm 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 like there's lots of lots of cool elevator scenes I was really into the elevator scenes. I don't know why. It's a really beautiful elevator. Yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> I liked I liked the the last one with Mayu where uh she's like holding that like dude. I thought oh that one was God, done really well. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was awesome. And then <laughs> and then of course the like the like sort of climax of the whole show, right? The mm-hmm. the, the the denouement. Mm-hmm. The the best piece of animation is is by far the ice skate the, like the figure skating scene. Yeah, if you have like, like any kind oof. of like action scene or a, a scene that has like a lot of fine movement, just give it to Madhouse. Honestly, yeah, I mean Madhouse <laughs> Madhouse is responsible for the first season of One Punch Man and not the second, mm-hmm. and as a result, <laughs> it was amazing and people really really took to it. Yeah, they also did Dororo. They also so, did Dora, which is so good. <laughs> the OVA especially is like awesome because there's a scene where this guy, uh, like this, this just like sort of thirty year old man, fights an old man with uh, a pool stick, and they like yes. have just a they have just like a, a sword fighting sequence, and I was like, it was so great. I'm really about this. Yeah, it's like I'm so here. I did not expect this, but I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's like really nice it's really fun and dynamic to watch even when they're just mm-hmm. like talking to each other i think they do mm-hmm. a really great job of deciding when to use motion and when not to i think even the small sort of subtle things like the um when the arbiters get information like the memories and their eyes just go oh, bah, 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 bah. Eyes. yeah 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 i think that's really cool um yeah. there's like a lot of little details like all the arbiters have like this like weird cross-shaped pupil mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or what's that? What's yeah, that called? All... Is that what is, is that the iris? I think it's the iris. Yes, they have crosses in their iris. Yeah, they have they have this like cool like color cross in their iris, which I think is neat as shit. 
Yeah, it's really cool. They all have very distinct personalities, and their bars also have very distinct personalities, which is great. yeah, yeah. I, I thought a yeah. lot of um, a lot of really good work goes into background and like setting. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, a lot of beautiful. it looks very, very pretty. Yeah, yeah. Watching it back, I was like, wow. I don't. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, also, like a lot of the tone is set by what color everything is. Which yes. I think is really yes. cool. Like, mm-hmm. um, like Quindekim is like this this really coolly lit sort of not very. Um, it, it it has a very like high class feel to it, mm-hmm. right? Whereas yeah. um, Ginty's bar is like really kind of warm and inviting. Yeah. It feels a lot yeah. like like a local Japanese bar. And exactly. Like, yes. It it kind of reflects like how he's like hot-headed and and mm-hmm. not as not as like rational as uh as Dekim is but also like you know how he secretly cares yeah he's very casual about it you know that's why his bar feels kind of more cozy in that sense yeah and uh yeah no it's and it doesn't it also i love that it's smaller because that means it, it kind of shows like how He's not super open, I guess, at the same time, you know, like he only lets a few people in kind of thing versus Dekim where his his bar is a lot more, I guess, uh, has a really huge open space. And there's like, I don't know, like a freaking pond in there and right. <laughs> jellyfish also, like, and stuff. <laughs> like Nono's floor is also really cool because uh, really cool because yeah. it's like this house in the yeah. middle of this rolling hill and there's yeah. like trees everywhere. It's like this mm-hmm. really, really in contrast to everywhere else, it's a very organic space, which is yeah. very fitting for her character. Yeah. Yeah, so, I love all the different environments that they take you. Yeah, so they, they do a lot of, of really good work at showing you what a character is like tonally through the use mm-hmm. of the background and the environment, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. it's like a lot of people won't notice it, but they'll feel it. They'll feel it, yes. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so sure. do you want to talk about the characters? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Did you have a favorite so one? First. Um, 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 my favorite. Uh, I really love Dekim, of course. Like, of course, he's, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a main character that I actually super adore, which, you know, sometimes it's it's like hit or miss a lot of times with main characters, you know? I think like that's, they'll, they'll that's try true. To make them, I, yeah. I think his his role is like really that of of like an observer and i think we get that a lot mm. like it feels mm-hmm. a lot like i'm watching something like mushishi actually he looks like the yeah. main character of mushishi yeah <laughs> which is also like another of my favorite anime so it makes sense that i would super love this one too <laughs> i mean that makes sense because mushishi is basically like kino's journey but different yeah no all, all of my favorite anime basically are a lot like a lot like this where it's like a third party observer kind of coming in and like observing like a situation that's going on or like maybe they're moderating it a bit but otherwise it's mostly the other characters that are moving the story along yeah um i love stories like that i don't know i i also I really why. enjoy <laughs> stories like that I, yeah. I and i think it it really works for this this format and what story yeah. it's trying to tell because it's supposed yeah. to it's supposed to be a little bit like an anthology of of these stories with something yes. else happening in the background and like yes. this sort of line of continuity progressing. I think yes. the continuity in this one is a little bit stronger than in Mushishi and Kino's Journey. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's really on purpose. Like I think there's supposed to be that feeling of a um, forward progression that's happening. 
No, yeah, I, I like the development, especially in Daikim's character that you get to see kind of like from the beginning to the end. Right. And uh, how his story like is so heavily affected by Chiyuki. Um, uh, yeah, I also really loved Mayu. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Mayu is so good. She was so good. There was so much characterization for her in just the one episode. I was like, oh my god, everything this girl does is so good. She's honestly <laughs> the best of any, of anyone. I think anyone. <laughs> if I had to choose a favorite character, I, yeah. I think it's it, this is tough for me because I like the design of a lot of characters. Yes, a lot. Yes. Uh, but I think it's. I think maybe my favorite character is Quinn. Oh really? I kind of, I kind of just like her like weird sort of. I just talk too much, and I got a cool jeweling eye <laughs> magnifying glass, and I have a husky voice, and I like to drink. I don't know. I just think that? she's really interesting. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I kind of wish that we got to learn a bit more about her, but I also understand that you know she plays more yeah. of a background role kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm always more drawn to background characters anyway. Sure. Just Makes like sense. on principle. <laughs> I have it, to be. <laughs> it always feels a little bit like I, I accidentally get attached to the weird background characters they don't expect you to. And I'm like, how did I get here? Why did I do this again? <laughs> You're just such a hipster nonconformist. I know. I'm just a no. weird hipster nonconformist. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think Dekim and Ginty are probably tied for second just because I... Mm. I love Deki, but Yoshimasa Hoseya is like, mm. oh yeah. His his voice acting is so good, especially if you give him the chance to be like, like a little bit sexy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, when, when, I don't when, think I've heard him be sexy. Okay, when he's allowed to be like, know. when he's allowed to be like a little bit sort of uh, not a good guy, like mm. he has this really great. Um, like it's like it's like a vibrato or something to his voice that is just okay, excellent. Okay, <laughs> because he voices um, what I'm thinking of he's, he voices Belial in Grand Blue Fantasy, who is mm. a very over the top like sexual character, but the delivery oh. of his lines is so excellent, <laughs> like it's it's mind blowing. Okay, yeah, uh, interesting. And we I, we get a little bit of it in in his introduction episode, mm. right? A little bit of the like, I'm I'm not I'm not nice, <laughs> right? I'm I'm not good. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I was very into that. Uh, I love Nona's design. Oh, Nona's design is so good. I love her. <laughs> I like her like tied up hair. And it's like, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't even, I didn't know what to describe that as, but I'm, I'm into it. No. I like the color of it. No, yeah. It's her cool really pretty floofy her pants. Yes. I love her suspenders and how she just hangs her arms in them because that's definitely a thing that people do. <laughs> yeah. I think overall the character design is really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's really strong and the characters are all very different and you can See, remember each one. The only yeah. one that I like, I'm like kind of eh about is is Clavis. I think he's like maybe maybe a little bit too much. It almost feels a little <laughs> bit like every time I look at him, my eyes are trying to like chew him. They're no, just like soup. They're just like mm, mm, okay, no, something's wrong here. This is not what I expected. 
It's like, I feel like every angle you see something new, you're like, wait a minute, he's got a little bit of yellow hair. Wait a minute, he's shaved there. Is that a, is that a nose ring? I love that his, his, his color palette for his hair looks kind of like an electric Pokemon. It does, it does. It's, I, I think it's just that his hair seems so, like, all over the place. I, it's part of why I don't like him. He has a bit of like that rocker look, you know, like, right? But like it doesn't feel and the hair color. It feels like really like weirdly inconsistent to me, and e- even though I know it's like consistent in my mind, but like I look at it and I'm like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> uh, I don't know well, about that one. I'm fine with him. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's okay. I I think the problem is that he looks like he's like halfway between like two character designs that I would like. And as a result, oh, okay. I don't like okay. <laughs> if they had if they had committed to giving him like uh, a shaved side or if they had committed to making him just he, like no, green his, hair. His, bishy. In the back, it is shaved. No, that, you, that's what like I'm talking undercut. about. Yeah, I, 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 but, that's what I'm talking about. It feels like they didn't commit to the undercut. Uh, well, let's see. yeah, it's hard to see because they don't they usually show him from a frontal view. But there are a couple of times where you see him from the side. It's like, oh, OK, there's the undercut. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. But like I, I look at it and I'm like, ah, you could have done better with that one. Or if he like <laughs> held his hair in a way where I could see it, I feel like that would be better. <laughs> Listen, overall, just I'm very mm about the whole the whole it's hair fine. thing. <laughs> Very mm about it. <laughs> I think it could have been better. Uh, okay. <laughs> did you have a favorite character? Or did um, you say? I think it's a tie between Daikim and Mayu. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Mayu was really good. I love Mayu a yes, lot. I love Mayu. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about music. Yeah. It's good. I mean, the music is I, dope. I wish I was better at talking about music. I'm kind of trash at talking about music. <laughs> it's. It's kind of jazzy. It's it's good. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it it is backgrounded and foregrounded when it needs to be. It complements the mood. It's anime music. It works. It works. A lot of nice piano music. Um, yeah, in the bars I like stuff, I like especially. the piano music, and I like it. The mm-hmm. pi- the piano music was like um like diegetic, where it was like uh, sometimes like he would make the doll play the piano. Mm, yep, yep, yep. I thought that was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. I, I, I and and this I think we're just you know, just a straight transition into other stuff about the show. Um, mm-hmm. But I like the fact that a lot of the story and a lot of the setup is very implied, and mm-hmm. we don't get to see it. Like I like that we don't know anything about the the uh, person who came to be judged, who was the piano player, and we never do. Yeah, and that's not something yes. they ever go into. But yes. Like, I like that there are things that nobody remembers, and that's okay. Yeah, because sometimes the Arbiters have their memories wiped, and so even they don't remember certain things that happen. It introduces, like, a really great thing about Dekim as as somebody who, like, has kind of this inkling of humanity in him, right? Mm -hmm. Where he feels like they need to be remembered in some way. Even if he's not, even if he can't remember them, like he'll yep. give the dolls that are like the clothes that they had and like put them in places where they they might have been. Right. I think that's really cool. And I, no, I yeah, like I so like that that's a part of his character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it a lot. And 
um, even like the ending sequence where you get to see all the dolls and there's just, just like this mysterious, like wavy hair doll that they keep showing. You don't know anything about her. And right. that's a vibe that you get from the show too, is like, not all questions are going to be answered and that's just how things are in the world. Yeah. Right? This, this show asks a lot of questions and yes. like proposes a lot of, and like prompts a lot of questions and it mm-hmm. doesn't answer most of them and yes i think that can be frustrating but i also yeah. think that that's fine i i like it as like a i had that feeling at the end of this show where mm. i was like i really want more of this but mm-hmm, then i mm-hmm. and then i thought to myself but i'm kind of okay with not having more of this yeah like I think it's I, a tenuous balance i like that we get a little bit of of just like a snapshot of the workings of the tower and yes the implication that something will change but not necessarily the the follow-through with that and i think that's fine yeah yeah i i like that they kind of have that potential and so they are able to make a sequel if they want to but they don't necessarily have to because they told a solid story already and and i also think that that you know in in the way that the thematics of of the show work is that it's it's honestly fine right yeah if mm-hmm. we don't get those questions answered, because like that's the point. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's to make you think about it, but also like kind of immerse yourself in the environment, right? Not not everything you know in life is going to be answered, but right, it, especially it, in concerning purgatory and the afterlife, <laughs> right? It ma- it makes you feel in a lot more mm-hmm. by yourself than mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than it actually telling you something, which is, I mean, it's a very like more at this point, classical form of storytelling. Mm. Yeah. I, I actually really enjoy the fact that they don't like, like ham fist every single like aspect or detail or whatever. Like, like look at our world. You must know everything about it kind of thing. (laughs) Right. But I do like that. We get a lot of it even directly and indirectly. Like, I love that they have this, this crafted mythos of, what death in the afterlife is like and that's the setup Mm -hmm. of of the show and they yeah utilize it really well and i think they use it to tell the stories that are appropriate to tell with that kind of setting and yeah i i'm like very interested in the subtle ways that it informs us about like what what the what the show itself thinks and i love that like you know heaven as a concept is is reincarnation right that implies very different things in in like an asian space right because it's like you know in a traditional sort of east asian sense uh in like a buddhist view reincarnation is what you do because you suck and you keep (laughs) doing it until you don't suck enough to go to heaven right yeah right and that is juxtaposed with with hell which is just like the screaming void or so they say it it kind of becomes unclear as to what it actually is at the at the end of uh, at the end of the show and mm-hmm. whether or not the characters are telling the truth because they don't know yeah and i think yeah. that's that's okay like i th- i think it's okay that we don't get those questions answered mhm yeah i i also like the whole premise that it builds on in terms of like the souls that come to queen dekim or any of these bars are like they come under a very very specific circumstance which is it's a pair of people who died at the exact same time and they may or may not be related to each other right maybe they were in the same accident or whatever or right uh they were in completely different separate places in the world you don't know 
but they're yeah but because of that specific circumstance they're judged at the same time and they're pitted against each other in a in a stress contest essentially <laughs> yeah i think yeah. most of most of the time uh they are related mostly because like that's the setup of the story that's what makes right, for an interesting yeah. story but also yeah. just because like i mean probably like probability and like dying at the same time mm-hmm. and yeah i think it's a really interesting setup and i like that the setup is that they have to play a game and they might mm-hmm. come to uh and, and as they play the game they get more and more of their memories back and mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. it makes for some to really a, yeah. interesting storytelling because even the arbiters don't know what memories they'll get back as they play so yeah i was I was very into this set, and it, it does do a little bit of this like um, backwards fill in like mystery story. Yeah, so yeah. I mm-hmm. think that's I think that's always kind of neat. Like I like when a story isn't necessarily given entirely chronologically, mm-hmm. uh, and this does it really well because it's you know obviously like these people don't remember what they were doing before they died or that they're even dead. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> I'm like reflecting on some of the ones that really emotionally like. <laughs> yeah, the, the stories it tells are yeah. really impactful, and yeah, it's it's impressive that they manage to build a narrative that feels compelling every couple of episodes or every episode, and mm-hmm. at the same time make it not feel like uh like two stories are the same. Right. It yeah. does a really good mm-hmm. job at varying the themes and the the kind of like almost like the kind of morals it wants you to take away every episode, which I think is is really good. And it's also emblematic of stories like this and, and Kino's journey and Mushishi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of this like happenstance and circumstance. And like it's it's ultimately about these these micro conflicts between individual people. And yes. I think that's why those stories are so so good because you go in knowing that the setup is going to be that you have your central characters and they might have stuff going on but ultimately like the story of the day is about other people and so you kind of yeah. focus on that. Yeah, I I love that kind of world building and I I like that in this series they kind of uh, some of the pairs are obviously related but other times uh, one of the ones that was probably most powerful for me was the arcade one, because it, it yeah. has two people who you wouldn't really expect to like meet each other at all, right? Right, and right. Of yeah. course, they didn't in their in their living, you know, when they were alive, and they put them in a space where they have to interact with each other and kind of like orchestrate this thing, this game between each other, and the story that they tell at the end was like so, like wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. That's that's and I I think that the the show does a brilliant job of of doing this but yeah. the show makes you question what's happening mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it doesn't do what you expect it to but in a way that makes sense in the context of of the story. Mm-hmm. Like I think that when and I'm not I'm not entirely sure about this but in the first episode when mm, um when yes. the couple get their sentences, right? Yes. I felt immediately, I was like, well, like, she's just saying that so that he feels less bad. Yes. Right? Like, yes. she's literally sacrificing herself for him. Yep. 
Like and, you can tell because she walks away, right? And she says all right. that stuff. Like she's getting her composure kind of thing together before she says it. There's a lot of these like yeah. visual contextual clues that you get. And this happens yes. later too. Um yes. with the uh with the murder case. I think that yes. there's a there's a really strong moment where um you know she she's like, Yeah, I did all that crap and mm-hmm. it, this isn't your baby, right? And mm-hmm. you know, all these things that will hurt him, but ultimately will absolve him of of the guilt of killing both of them yeah and she gets sentenced to hell essentially Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like she gets tossed into the void and it i think it also it brilliantly sets up why chiyuki as a character was needed right for for dekim to develop as a character because she in the next episode is just like that was messed up <laughs> yeah I, and I'm, re- I'm really glad because like i, I think yeah. it, it is possible for that to be like yeah. even a little bit too subtle i feel like people are like, well yeah. okay that makes sense right but like the yeah. fact that they address it in the next episode mm-hmm. um yes. and they go back it to it it definitely needed to be and, yeah and uh, it needed to be clearer and and yeah. they did it they there was also like another thing that i kind of wish that they had uh, subtitled actually that a Japanese viewer would get, but an English viewing person might not is so, you know, she has this story about like, Oh, the person that they're referring to as Machi. She's this girl named Machida Yuki. She's a classmate that we used to know at the, in the credits when they're showing the wedding, right. After they've been sentenced, they have, they show an invitation card with her name on it <laughs> that yeah. you wouldn't get as, an English viewer unless they subtitled it. And so I kind of wish that they did that so that you get that same experience as a Japanese viewer. Like, Oh, so she was telling the truth kind of thing. And then it leads into the second episode where they're like, yeah, she was telling the truth. She was just trying to save him. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and either way it gets shown, but yeah. And and I feel like I liked that the second episode was just a review of the first episode, but through a different lens, but it wasn't done in a way that was like, boring to watch you're like yeah oh yeah yeah." like you get another perspective on it yeah it's well paced and it's a it's a fresh perspective on it which is Mm -hmm. important because that's like the whole point of the show is that you need a fresh perspective on on what happens in in this place right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i think the the way that the, the show is is framed is is really consistent with the way that the show operates and i like i like that he's like oh i made a mistake right and yeah and like yeah he did and you can't take it back and no <laughs> it immediately it immediately presents the seed of doubt where you're like mm-hmm. okay so they can be wrong right like yeah the this this judgment can be wrong yeah or like because like they can't tell if people are lying right there's no absolute system which i i love that they they have it like that it's kind of like uh it's kind of like the civil system in uh, Psychopaths where like they, they're trying to make an absolute judgment system that can like, you know, judge people fairly and in accordance to their crimes. But there's always going to be a flaw. Like there's no perfect way to do this. Like even though these arbiters are dummies in a, in a sense, they and they're not allowed to feel emotion. It's the whole arc with Dekim is that they need to be able to feel emotion to be able to understand human emotion and to be able to judge them accordingly. Because it was because he didn't understand Machiko's emotions at that time that he didn't realize that she was lying, and right. that she was doing all of that. Out and of then love she for gets sentenced to the void. Exactly. Yeah. And and, and then I I love that Nona kind of wraps it up. Like first of all, she like disciplines him in a sense or scolds him, right? 
Uh, and then after that, she's like, well, that guy was never going to trust anyone. Right. He, yeah. He's not capable of it. Yeah. And so he was, this was going to happen one way or another. They weren't going to have a happy life. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think it's really, cause like, I think naturally in, in the course of the episode, you're supposed to feel like he's like sort of in the wrong. Right. And he's just being like paranoid. And then like when that turnaround happens, you have that moment where you're like, oh, I, yeah, OK. Right. Where, you know, if you don't know she's lying. Right. Then then naturally you would just be like, well, why, why are you such a jerk? And then, yeah, you know, justice gets served. And then at the end, you're like, oh, no, like it wasn't actually. This is a very complicated situation. Mm hmm. Because she so. did have an affair. Um, but because you know she felt such remorse for it. it just further led into like the whole like why she would sacrifice herself for him like in addition to like loving him absolutely she felt guilty because he was kind of justified in feeling paranoid right because she did right. have a one-time fling with someone <laughs> yeah so yeah it it it's very interesting the judgments that it, it makes but it is sure to inform us that they're not uh like absolute and that they're not supposed oh, yeah. to be like yeah. absolute moral judgments and that exactly. and that judgments are always fallible and that there's like yep. so much to consider in in doing a judgment that it um it's almost like you know it, it's almost like the the judgment is is where the problem is where yes, it feels exactly. like you know uh why are why are we even attempting to do this at all and i think mm. It would be easy for that to be the only message in in the show, but it, mm -hmm. I think it, it does a good job of also complicating that by introducing characters that clearly have like understandable motivations, but are are still like so twisted that you have to you have to imagine that like they can't um, they can't be allowed to like be reincarnated or whatever because like. I think the implication is it's a little bit ambiguous, but the implication is that reincarnation is like the good one because that's where all the nice people go. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And has the white mask and smiling versus right, ex exactly. Like, <laughs> and, the demon mask on the other one. <laughs> yeah. And, and so there's like, right. Like the, the murders, the murder case, which was boy, that was, that was an interesting one. What a wild ride. <laughs> it, it, it literally felt like I was watching uh, a Phoenix Wright game, like case play out yeah, in like the best in, way like, possible. Half an hour. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it was two episodes long, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The like twists and turns that it, it took were, were so interesting. And like, mind you, like big content warning for like sexual assault and like yeah. you know, violence. There's, yeah. I mean, naturally, like, this is a, a show about, like, really dark things. And uh, we probably should have put this at the beginning. Um, <laughs> about really dark things and uh, death and mortality and all the sort of darkness of, of human hearts. So there is, yeah. there is like, you know, sexual assault and there is domestic violence. And those are things yeah. that it, it, to make me, an appearance. It, it thankfully isn't like a, a gore festival kind of no, thing. It's not like no. there to be like, I don't know, like Quentin Tarantino levels of like in your face kind of thing. It's just like that's what happened to these people and that's why their their souls ended up being so twisted. Right. It's 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 pretty tastefully done, all things considered. Um mm. but it's you know, obviously like it's still a it's thing still that there. we should we should bring <laughs> up. But yeah. So like yeah. It's and I mean, like the the murder case is really interesting because you think 
and there's a process to watching these episodes where you you are trying to figure out yourself whether or not they're they're guilty or not, right? Mm. And the reason it's so interesting is because it takes so many twists where you're like, okay, I mean, I have a I have a hunch that maybe like this person is is like the person who's going to get sentenced and it turns into this like thing that spirals completely out of control yes. where you know the detective after realizing he's like you know like oh sacrifices need to be made so that people can be brought to justice or whatever yeah. and then and then uh, he's like well you can like you have the choice of of hurting this man and even though she's like this is part of your judgment like you have to stop this like he can't help himself yep. but to but to do that and yep. even though you know that he's like a um like a like a loving brother and that he works so hard for for his family and that his circumstances have led him to be in a situation where this is the case right it's still like he's still and even though he knows that it's going to reflect upon him poorly even though he knows he's dead right all of these things they end up with him still doing ostensibly the wrong thing right yeah i i kind of love that that whole like i mean i know there's some contention in terms of like inevitability of this thing happening but it uh, it's some there's something like wonderfully written about it right like well i i I think that there it feels like there's always a choice to be made and i feel like sure yeah and the choice that you know that character makes is is contextually a wrong one but makes sense as to why he did it exactly it's it's a it feels natural right it doesn't feel like oh suddenly he's a good guy blah 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 you know that kind of thing like no he Given what he's been through and how he feels and what his personality is like, it makes sense that he would make this choice. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, he knows that he'll be basically sentenced to hell if he does it, but yes. he still yes. does it. Right. right. And there, yeah. there is a sort of like, there's a complexity to it, right? There is, there is mm-hmm. nuance mm-hmm. to it that gets lost in a simple yes or no bad, good judgment. And right. And like the sort of like idea of there being a a binary judgment that you can make about a person's morality or a Mm -hmm. a person's like guilt, right? Mm -hmm. Like they did this bad thing, like they they murdered two people, do you sentence them to hell forever? Right, right. Right? There's a lot of weight to that choice. Mm -hmm. And the arbiters make that choice, you know, impassively. They make it without uh knowing what what that suffering is is going to be like because that's mm-hmm. that's their job that's what they're made for mm-hmm. and it feels like and and it feels like there's a real contention there between mm-hmm. that the their job and like what they feel oh uh, yeah cuz uh, even I, yeah sorry go no go ahead go ahead well cuz even dekim right is dekim is like his whole arc is about uh, gaining the ability to understand suffering, right? The the ability yeah. to understand human emotion. But even yeah. even Ginty has some sentimentality where he has the oh, like yeah, kokeshi yeah. dolls with the faces of the the people who stuck around, right? So yeah. it, it, we we know that even he he cares and he thinks about it and and wonders whether he's doing the right thing, even though he's like ostensibly just a a doll made for one job, right? Yeah, so, he is a lot closer, I guess, to their standard definition of an arbiter versus Dekim, who slowly develops emotions. But I love that that, that conflict between him and Dekim, where like he's constantly frustrated by Dekim's just like existence, right? Right. But then even he 
ends up running into a situation where he's not able to pass judgment, which is on Mayu, right? Specifically. Um, But uh, yeah, no, that, that kind of like the way, like, like you said, where they're trying to pass binary judgment on very gray situations is so interesting because we have almost, even though our justice system is crazy, crazy flawed, we do have the quote unquote benefit of giving more nuanced uh right theoretically theoretically exactly in an ideal like everything's working perfectly quote unquote uh we were able to like pass judgments that are a little more gray to fit the grayness of the situation (laughs) right that that feel more fitting versus like oh everyone gets a death sentence or not kind of thing or they go free right right yeah yeah, I mean, it, it does reflect sort of metaphorically on our ideas of, of justice and yes. our ideas of, of the law, right? Right. You can follow the law and come to a conclusion based on that, but it could still not be correct and it could still not exactly. be considering everything. And mm-hmm. the the image, like the, the memories that the arbiters get, you know, impact how they're going to feel, but they acknowledge that it, it can't be the only thing that they consider, right? Exactly. But also, like, they like, can't calculate everything in the heart based on that, right? And there's there's also the 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 idea that the games that they put them through are not necessarily like a good reflection of of how to uh, pass judgment on people, right? right? Mm-hmm. The idea is that they're supposed to be put under extreme duress, yes. where they think that they're fighting for their lives, right? And and the question becomes, and and obviously the answer is like no, but like the question becomes, is mm-hmm. is it is that okay? Is that like the way that we should make judgments on people, like by seeing them in situations where they're like at their very lowest, right? Like, right. It it shows the the capacity for all people to have like great darkness in them, mm-hmm. but there's no opportunity for them to redeem themselves. You know, it feels exactly. like exactly they're just trying to make something happen and right it feels like the the setup and they bring this up in the show they they say like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. are you are you really bringing out the darkness in someone's heart or are you making it you know exactly. are are you creating like, it through this situation yeah that's why that's why again why chiyuki is so important because she basically slaps these devices out of Jackie's hand and it's like stop it you're you're making this worse. It's not right. something that exists in this person. You're creating a situation where they would have to act like this kind of thing, like uh, like yeah. like the like the arcade game where like every time like when he decides to mess with the the ladies game, suddenly she reverts to all of the violence that's been reflected on her her entire right. life, and she feels like that's the only way that she can save herself in this situation, and she's not even aware of it. She like right. comes back to her senses and she realizes. Oh my god, I've hurt this person. Like what have I done? Yeah, I mean and, the the thing yeah. is they're they're they almost are always regretful of what they've done and yes. there's no way for them to atone for it, right? Exactly. It, it feels like maybe the reflection should be like, what do they feel after that, right? That shouldn't right. shouldn't they be like judged favorably if they're like, Oh god, what have I done? Right? Because right, you know, right. everyone is everyone is prone to impulse and, and right. emotion and right. they can't necessarily control their actions, but that doesn't reflect like poorly on them morally right yeah it calls into question this idea of moral judgment in in the first place and i love i love the arcade one as as an example of this because 
I mean, it's natural that she would turn out that way because she's yeah. been divorced like three times and all of those yeah. dudes have been absolute bastards, right? They've been yeah. like abusive and yes. she's just trying to protect her kids. And even though yes. she is like, I mean, yeah, she's like a little bit of a diva, you know, she's, she's like, mm-hmm. I'm famous. Don't you know who I am? Right. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, you know, she is someone who in her entire life has felt like, you know, she's been on on the the shit end of the stick and yes. and she still feels like she has to to do something like she has to take care of her kids right and you know if we had any other story where it was like you know mother of three kills attacker right it would be pretty clear cut what we think of that mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. think generally mm-hmm. speaking you know, we think right. like, well, good, because like she she needs to take care of her kids. Like she was defending herself to to be able to continue to take care of her kids who, you know, right. can't be taken care of. But right. You know, the 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 situation that they're put in is is not a fair one. You know, it, it brings mm-hmm. out these qualities and it and, and in a sense, it almost manufactures them because I, I, I don't I don't know if that's 100 mm-hmm. percent true. I think in some cases, like. It is there, right? Like this, this obviously came as a result of, of her circumstance, but you know, it's important to consider that, you know, there is, um, putting them in this situation where they think their, their lives are, are at stake is going to be like stressful. And that's going to cause people to do things that they might not otherwise do. And in in the first place, like, Mm -hmm. is the moral judgment correct there where if someone feels a compulsion to protect themselves so that they can protect someone else. Like, is that, Mm -hmm. is that right? Right. And especially in her case where it's something that was kind of like forcibly taught onto her, right? It's not like she wanted to be a victim of violence. And yet in a situation where she feels backed into a corner because she was exposed to violence, it's something that she ended up thinking of and reverting to. And so it's like, what do you do with someone who, had this experience forced on them, and then it is then perpetuated in their life without them even really wanting to, right? Right, right. So, like, do you judge them negatively for that? Or, you know, like, do you say to them, like, oh, you should have known better, you shouldn't have chosen that route, but clearly she wasn't even aware of it, right? So, right. And, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> there's there's also cases where uh, things are not quite as as bleak, right? It's, like, the, mm-hmm. the second case where it's, like, oh, this is, like, a nice, like, happy yeah. sort of, like... Uh, after death reconciliation, which I think was really nice. I thought that kind yeah. of story was awesome too. Yes. And yes. You know, we have the the other guy in in the arcade case where yeah. he's like, you know, I just I shouldn't have been such a dick. Mm-hmm. Right? And I shouldn't have killed myself, right? There's a lot of sympathy in this show for for people who take their own lives and mm-hmm. afterwards feel like they um like they did they didn't want to do that. And in in a, in a sense, like there is a lot of hope for redemption in in this show, despite the fact that a lot of the people who are are condemned are people who you know have the potential for redemption, and mm-hmm. I think that's on purpose. Yeah. 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 I mean it's it's a pretty it's a pretty heavy show. I I love any show that's like about. First of all, I love anthology shows and shows about like a lot of like little stories. <laughs> And second, yeah. I love stories that are about, like, this interim between life and death where uh, people are, like, figuring out what's happening. I've read a lot of stories mm-hmm. like this, and I love them. I think they're great. 
Yeah, I I love the OVA too. I don't know if you watched it, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, because because I think the OVA puts it really clearly, and I think uh, obviously because it's like supposed to be contained, uh, a self-contained piece, right? Mm-hmm. Where it has this um, this like the the guy basically says like ah uh, you know people have different circumstances like we were never equal from the moment we stepped in here even if you think mm. we are right mm. and the implication in that in that uh short or in in the film right is that the old man goes to hell <laughs> and i mean at the very least i think that that's like int- i i think it's very interesting i think it's yeah. it's like because we get the view of his memories as well, where where mm-hmm. he's like going yep. to war, right? Yep. And then he goes ostensibly to hell, and yes. the other guy gets uh, reincarnated, right? That's yes. That to me is like the first clue that they, these this is like more complicated than it initially appears, and right. I'm glad that the show really explores that. Yeah, yeah. Me so I was too. like, ah, I... he actually goes to hell. I love that they didn't necessarily take the easy route for for a situation like this because it it could have been right. It could have been like right. a, a like a systematic like you go to heaven, you go to hell, easy cause, right? But the the shining strength of this show is how deeply they delve into or try to at least into each of these circumstances that are like like you don't even know what you would do in that situation, right? If you were right. if you had to pass judgment on these people, yeah, uh, and like, like you. Yeah. You know that you would act the same as the people who are being judged in the circumstances that they're in. Yeah. Because yeah. people under extreme duress act like that. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not hard to get people to to be awful to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Where, um, like, there's this there's this tension between Dekim who's, who's just like, you know, I have to understand the complicated emotions and, and thinkings of people. And mm-hmm. Chiyuki who says, people are really simple. Right. And that's not saying like you can boil them down to one thing or you can pass judgment on them so easily. It just means that when you put them in these situations, they will act a certain way, like because because they they I mean, and and Nona says this, you know, like the the primal urge is fear. Right. Right. Where these people want to survive. And when you put them in situations when they're where they think their life is on the line, then they're going to react negatively and they're going to think like. I have to get my way out of here or else I will right. die even though right. they're already dead. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't take into account people like it almost favors in a sense people who would be more self-sacrificing, right? People who would Right, exactly. Act good in this kind of situation, but at the same time, you the very first case shows how negatively that can turn out, right? Where yeah. the most sacri- self-sacrificing person is the one that goes to hell. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, like that that's that's what's really great yeah. is that yeah. it's so not clear cut even though yep. it always comes down to a clear cut choice right yes or yes. Like, it always comes down to a binary choice even exactly. though and like i i love that the the idea is that the greatest sort of tenet is self-sacrifice of of mm-hmm. being able to sacrifice yourself for another person but mm-hmm. then we kind of realize that at, at the end of the show that that's like not the point Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get this this idea that like. It's OK to to not sacrifice yourself so willingly 
because mm-hmm. there are people that care about you and and like naturally people are people are going to be sad when you don't exist anymore right yeah. like we have that that incredible sequence in the last episode where um Chiyuki is just like you know I can't take that away from somebody and then as and as soon as she starts like crying she says like can you like press the button for me cuz like she can't bring herself to do it but she wants it so badly yeah and she wants to be absolved of of that responsibility and so she asks yeah. him to press it and then you know he reveals that it was like just a, a test the whole time right it's yep. like yeah she does embody that but she also embodies like the the human aspect of like like when you see your like mom crying in front of you over your grave you you want to be able to like reach out and become mm-hmm. a real person again and not be dead right yeah so yeah I think it's uh, it's very like it's very life affirming in a certain sense. Yes, yes, um, it, and I, I think I a lot of stories like this are. That. Yeah, like especially when Dekim comes around and starts like realizing like, or he he says to these people like uh, like you you did well, you lived a good life, and how much he appreciates people who live fulfilled lives, even if it was cut short, right? You know, because right. death, but. He he has a high high respect for the these people who you know they did their best in their lives and even though that didn't necessarily lead to them making good choices they they were still doing their best right right well that's that's why I love Mayu because like she's she's also like the most self sacrificing person in the mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. and even though her like whole setup is kind of like hilarious right where she like yeah. dies because she slips on a bar of soap in the bathroom <laughs> yeah. right you know she ends up being somebody who's like. Uh, and uh, mostly as a joke, right? Just like I have to kill myself before I like pee myself. <laughs> but but she, she she's but, right. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she ends up being like the most noble person in the entire show. <laughs> right. She still she still ends up being the most like infallible person. You know, she yeah. she does nothing wrong, and yes. she can't bring herself to kill another person to bring Harada back. So she just throws herself into the void too, and they like go together, and. It, I like that it's like this kind of it's almost a lighter hearted story. It's almost like a um like it obviously ends in kind of a kind of a dark way, but the whole tone of it is is much lighter and much more casual. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it <laughs> Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just I just love that the person that, you know, when they were talking about like you gotta sacrifice someone and then the person that they show on the screen, like people were it's like light, yo, 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 that's that's Kira. <laughs> Yo, 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 that's Kira, though. <laughs> yeah, I love that they chose that. That's that's the first things. thought I had. I was like, yeah, yeah that's Kira. That, that, you're, you're sacrificing yourself for someone who may not necessarily do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I kind of, I love that that's like the way that that story ended, too. That, you know, yeah. she, she, stays, she sticks around for a while, but eventually she just goes. And yeah. And I kind of, I kind of like that. Like at the end, like her, her feelings do get through, and they like join souls or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I think that last scene in the elevator where like they're both fading away, and he's like coming to is like is really so good. Like I think it's breathtaking. It, yeah. It's beautiful, and like it still sticks with me because I'm like, no, I wanted them to be happy together, but then I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the, the like <laughs> the sudden impact of of their yeah. fall too. Where they yeah, like shatter so into tragic. dolls is so good. Yeah. Like every aspect of that scene I think is 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 so incredible. And 
I love that. I love that. You know, Mayu is is somebody who's just like, I mean, like she just doesn't take any any shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she likes what she likes, and she dresses the way that she dresses because that's what she likes. And even if people judge her negatively for it, she just is who she is. <laughs> right. I I love I love that Mayu is like the example that they use of like you know the the like sort of perfect person in. Yeah in the show like she dresses really godly and um she like devotes herself to a boy she's never met in her life yeah but you know her her whole speech is is she says like i may have made choices in my life that other people disagree with but it's still my life and i i still chose those things you know i i decided these for myself and i will i will continue to live that way Mm -hmm. because that's my choice Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's like that's such a great thing for that for that to for that person to be the yes. person who is like the the one in the right, essentially. Right, right. And yet the system that they're part of. Right. The system still, still yeah. yeah, the system still yeah. can't handle that. It can't process yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And I I like that, you know, at the end of it he's as much as like, you know, he uh Ginty like kind of outwardly doesn't like her, right? Yeah. You know, he still cares. Yeah. And and he clearly still cares about people who come through his his bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I I really was not expecting to like this show. I thought I would like this show because really? it's like nice and cool and stylish and like people yeah. people generally liked it. But yeah. I really ended up enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. It, oh, I'm glad. It it prompts and poses a lot of questions that it doesn't necessarily answer, but I don't think it also I don't think it actually needs to. It says mm. just the amount it needs to say, and and then it winks out. You know, it yeah, says yeah, like yeah, exactly right. It doesn't right. overstate its welcome, which is great. That, I mean, that's like for sure. Like yeah. they 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 have this setup where uh, it seems like something's going to change and something's going to happen, but they they leave that part to us, and they don't yeah. they don't have to go through it. Because I, yeah. I, boy, do I have a lot of questions about what what goes on in there. But like, me too. <laughs> right? It's like, uh, where's like God is gone? Okay, sure. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. That's, they mentioned that's that several times. Like there is no God, and then you see old man boy or whatever, old man lotus man, whatever. He's like, I want to be God, <laughs> or I'm the closest thing to God. Right, he's like, I'm I'm the closest one to yeah. God right now, and yeah. then. And you have uh, no idea what his deal is about. He just looks sinister. <laughs> right. He just he just is there. He just plays lots of pool. Yeah. So it's very, very unclear as to mm-hmm. what a lot of these things will, will end up being. But I think it's kind of okay. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, honestly, it's almost better that way, I feel like. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think it sets up a lot of uncertainty about what's to come. But I think that's also the point. I think the point yes. is to set up this this uncertainty because that's what life is like, right? It's it's full of yeah. uncertainties and you'll never know yeah. where you start or where you'll end up, but right. you know, you just have to take it as it comes and you have exactly. to just yeah. live your life. Yeah, it 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 does a good job of at least getting you to think about it, right? Because that's the important thing. It's not necessarily to answer it for right. you, but to get you thinking about it so you can draw answers for yourself. Right? Yeah. 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 I, I it's a very well put together show. And a very enjoyable watch. Like it's it's just good to watch too. Even though it gets don't real heavy. Don't skip the opening. Don't Never don't skip, skip the, the opening. opening ever. It's so good. <laughs> so good. I love yeah. I love it. There's also I also love like all the little details they have. They they do a lot of like really cool 
visual foreshadowing like when when her wrists are like um they're they're like the peeling well it's because she like that's how she killed herself and then like when she breaks open her knee it's because she had a knee injury that prevented her from from living right Mm -hmm. i thought that was really cool i was like yes oh Oh. (laughs) yeah and yeah i don't know It, it feels like a very like a very sort of um human piece of work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it, it feels very much like there's there's something that you know uh it wants to say and and that something is is that like you know people kind of are terrible but they can also not be terrible sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes <laughs> and that's that's just how it be it's just how it be mm-hmm. yeah I I think Death Parade would be like a really great thing to have like a couple OVAs for also where they just have like different like one-off cases. But I also yeah. like that I also like that it it's so it's so cuz like the OVA fits right into the like narrative of the story. Oh yeah, for sure. But I also like that every case really affects uh both Dekim and and Chiyuki and yeah. the the central arc of the show is is about those people who made the choices that they did and mm-hmm. and what that led them to and and leading to Chiyuki's you know final choice of of saying like I can't take that away from people and even still she wants it yeah yeah so yeah yeah it i mean it always feels it always feels like they have a choice yes to yes. to act a certain way and I think that choice comes at different points in the story every time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's understandable a lot of the really negative ways that the people uh, being judged react because, you know, they're here because they're not perfect people. They're not bad people, but they're not good people necessarily Mm -hmm. either. Usually. Mm -hmm. Um, But they still have to get judged to be good or bad either way anyway. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's cl- it clearly does like a lot of damage to to just make that judgment one way or another without right. understanding what it's like to be in that situation to be under that kind of duress, which is I think why it's important that Dekim understands suffering and it, it's very interesting to me because it problematizes this idea of impartial judgment of saying like oh yes you can make objective judgments about a person based on like what they did or how right. they are right right and because like the the stated rules of the tower are that arbiters can't feel emotions or or death because then they'll be too close to people and i and mm-hmm. i think that there is some truth to that right where it is difficult to make judgments uh like accurate judgments if you're too close but if you're too far then you you don't understand why people do things and exactly yeah you won't be able to consider everything yep. um that you need to consider because you mm-hmm. might come to a conclusion that's not right you might come mm-hmm. to a conclusion that is technically right but is i mean we we all kind of feel intrinsically that it's not right yeah yeah so yeah I love this. I love this show. Uh, this is going on my list of like really my favorite shows. I think. Oh, it's yay! I I feel like it's like the opposite of a tightly written show. Um, mm. Or it is tightly written in some respects. I think the arc, the central arcs, are done really well. But it's because it's like 
it almost feels less like a tightly written narrative and more like a um like a sort of like loosely put together chain but it's really really strong still mm. right i don't think I, it doesn't overstay its welcome for sure but i think that there's still there there would still be room for a, a little bit more right um but not to the detriment of the series like it it doesn't feel like it's missing anything right but yeah it i I don't know if I would call it a tightly written narrative, but I don't think it needs to be. Yeah, I, don't think I think that's the, the kind of story. The individual it is. stories are quite well written; like they're solid, like they fit exactly within their time frame, kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say like it's a like a condensed like end all be all for this universe. Like they right they, exactly they leave so many open ends that it can go in any direction it wants to. If you yeah, it's it's incredibly open ended. Yeah. And I'm I'm like really heavily okay with it. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right. I guess that's yeah. it then. That's it. What are you up to? Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, uh you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr and Twitch at Swandron. You can find me on Instagram at swan.drawn. Um the next couple of weeks, I don't know. I'll probably be trying to prepare for my next convention because convention season's coming up. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I'll be doing a lot of artwork for that. And I'll also be debating what I want to play having finished Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm kind of taking a, a short break from games because I kind of need it. <laughs> yeah, that's where you can find me. Nice. How about you? You can find me on all the places at Literal Soup. If I'm on a place, it's there. I am not up too much aside from starting school again and like making sure that all of my bureaucracy is taken care of. I need to, I need to get I need to schedule a, an appointment for an eye examination and mm-hmm. then once I have the eye examination done, I have to go get new glasses because mine are technically broken but i i fixed them uh, with super glue but i uh, i don't know how long that'll last i brought my backup glasses so those are in my car mm. which means i'm not totally stranded if i lose these okay. uh, but those are also a weaker prescription so um i want to be on those as like for as a little a time as possible so I need I need to get on that, but um, yeah. Other than that, I'm I, like I'm I'm entering my last quarter of of school, probably. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, I for the uh, year or for forever. For technically forever, hopefully. <gasps> really, this is your last year. Well, this is my last quarter, so this is my last te- ten weeks if everything goes to like plan. Like last quarter of your last year. Yeah. <gasps> Soupy, you grow up so fast. I can't. I know. I'm. 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 <laughs> oh my really, god. I'm on the verge of of graduating from college and becoming whoa uh, a an adult in society, which oh is a terrifying god. thought. Which is a terrifying. I had no thought. idea you were so close to graduating. <laughs> no, yeah, I am. I'm very close to graduating. It's true. Oh. Listen, you should all just. You should all just uh, fly over here and we can hang out after graduation. That's all I'm saying. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Let's, <laughs> let's ha- we can do a live ad cast and it will be the most Whoa! confusing thing ever. Whoa. We'd be sitting next to each other. That would yeah. be wild. 
That's true. That's true. It would be really wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's. I think that's it. Okay. Did you? Uh, oh. Our opening is by Scotty Network, and our ending is by Takuma Kata. <laughs> Be sure to check him out. You can check our Twitter at AbsoluteCast, where we'll, yeah. we'll put updates and uh, cool stuff, and we'll post about episodes and, and link to stuff. And uh, definitely be sure to check out uh, the video versions. We're going to get a new one at some point, right? Um, yeah, it's Are actually, you still, you still I'm, I'm in the finishing stages of it right now. Like, Okay, so it'll yeah. probably be up by the time this episode goes up. Oh yeah, it will be. <laughs> All right, sick. Uh, yeah, other than that, did you think of a, did you think of a sign off? Oh my God, I have to bring up the link. Hang on. <laughs> okay, you have a link. Because the best thing that I could think of was, because we were talking about how I needed to be Majima related, um... In Yakuza Kiwami 2, Majima gets a construction company. Okay. They sing an anthem dedicated to Majima. Majima Kinsets! Saka! (laughs) Oh, I see. Um. Let me link you, and then you can skip to the end, and then <laughs> you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, so so what you're what you're saying is that you want us to to be Majima Construction? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just like just like the end part where it's like that's who we are. We're Goro Majima's Majima Construction. That's who we. Yeah. Because Sisu, that's the best way to pay tribute to Majima. Okay. Sure. Well, that's okay. That's that's who we are. We're Majima. Goro Majima's Majima yeah. Construction. See you next time. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. And then I want you to play the 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 wonderfully inspiring music. At the very end. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll fade into the actual ending. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> That's it. That's the podcast. All right. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>
さようならまた明日ね。